0: Or carry on and enjoy Preston Super Show. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Preston Super Show. We're talking about UFC 271 pay per view tomorrow night, uh, about 24 hours from now, a little bit longer, like 24 hours and add another two hours to that. So then you'll be having this event pop off. So we're going to run through the picks here. I'm going to talk about each fight a little bit, but mostly I'm just trying to give you the precise pick of what I really think is going to happen. So let's start off with uh, what happened in in the weigh-ins. And there's definitely some bad news in the weigh-ins. We had the first fight up, William Knight versus and Grisham. That fight is still... Right now gonna happen. But William Knight missed weight really bad. Um I'm actually really surprised about that. He's twelve pounds too heavy. Um I am surprised they're gonna keep the fight going at light heavyweight. I guess that's just it's different than other weight classes, I guess. But yeah, they're gonna keep the fight going. Um you know, let's not mince kind of the idea here. Maxim Grishin's a bigger fighter. He's six foot three William Knight's five foot 10 Maxim Grichens has a 78 inch reach while William Knight has a 73 inch reach so William Knight off the bat is already outsized so I, I look at this weight miss here by William Knight as attack as tactics he's using this so that now he can come in and be heavier and use his wrestling he averages two uh, takedowns per 15 minute fight with a 47 percent accuracy. Um, and, and he's also pretty decent at defending takedowns and he's not a submission type of, uh, fighter in his last two fights. He he didn't have the opportunity to wrestle like he wanted to against, uh, Alonzo Minefield and, uh, water Buffalo. Um, and he, he beat both of them handily. He lost to jog, but that was a decision. And that was just because he didn't engage enough. Um, and then, uh, you know, before that he beat Kamara and beat Brundage. So he's been on a roll. So for him to miss weight like this. Uh, which is now going to be a heavyweight fight, but they were both light heavyweights coming into this. Um, But now you're looking at a heavyweight fight. And we just, you know, the one thing we hear about Maxim Grishin is, what is the end game for Maxim Grishin? What is his end game? Because I I really just don't see it. Um, And I don't know if a lot of people do. Uh, Where is the UFC plan on sending this guy who is past the prime of his career? He's the favorite in this fight at 37 years old, uh, fighting out of Russia, and we know Russia is going to breed tough fighters. They always have. But uh, William Knight here, training out of Thornton Martial Arts, 33 years uh, of age, and he's a plus 150 underdog, and I like him in this fight. I mean, I technically don't really pick fighters that uh, miss weight, but at this stage of the game in the UFC. It's not mattering as much as it did in years past. It's not, a, it's not uh, affecting fighters as much. And I've noticed that uh, by going over my picks, reviewing my picks and seeing that the guys that have missed weight have more than likely won their fights this last over this last year. So I'm changing directions on that stance a little bit uh, to make sure I give you an accurate, precise pick. William Knight by KO slash TKO in round number two. I believe he finishes Maxim Grishin off. I believe, yes, you know Griffin ha- Grishin had a good fight with Dustin Jacoby. And not to take anything away from him, he has a 66% takedown defense, but he hasn't gone off against this type of competition. And when he has, he's lost. Um, in uh, Marcin Tybura and Dustin Jacoby, and he beat Antigulov, who he had a complete advantage in size and weight, and honestly, in style too. Uh, which makes fights. So, yeah, in this fight, give me William Knight. I think he's going to be the bruiser, the aggressor, and he's going to finish Maxim off. and uh, he's going to end up donating some of that purse to him. So that's the way this is going to go for the first fight. Okay, so this next fight and the second fight on the early prelims, this is a little tricky. Um, And the reason that is because you get Jeremiah Wells Who's a beast? The nine-two-and-one record versus this guy, uh, Blood Diamond, they don't even have his real name listed on, uh, this this tabology for some reason. I don't I don't know why. He has his name. His name is uh, Mike, Math Mathiatha, and uh, he's actually decent. He's a he's a decent fighter. He's only got three fights on his on his resume, and he's just making his UFC debut. And he took a guy who was not in the UFC in his last fight all the way to a decision. And, uh, it wasn't very impressive, but in his two fights before that. They were pretty impressive. But again, that was outside the UFC. Now you're in the big game and you're up against Jeremiah Wells, who just literally knocked out a veteran in the UFC for years. As a guy that was knocking people out was Warley Alves. And, uh, Jeremiah Wells made quick work of him. Second round, 30 seconds in, and he blasted him, finished him off. So, in this fight, I I mean, when you get these two, like, on the stats, and you're looking at how they size up with each other, this dude's a little bit taller, Blood Diamond. He got a little bit more reach, but we just don't have much stats on him besides a couple, three fights there, and good luck finding many videos on that and any good-looking clips of that. Um, and Jeremiah Wells isn't going to take much damage, uh, but if he does, he gets fired up and, um, he a hundred percent takedown defense. He's very squirrely. He's, he's hard to take down and he lands 3.82 strikes per minute. So almost four strikes uh, per minute. And people are starting to get on blood diamond. He's a plus plus one ninety underdog. That line's going to be moving. So you're going to get better odds on Jeremiah Wells. Try to get him around minus 200 if you can. And, uh, I think he wins this fight by knockout in the second round. The reason I think that is because I think early on in this card is a precursor to what's going to happen in the uh, later part of this card where we get a lot more decisions and a lot more longer fights. I think these first two fights are actually going to be quick. And I think the UFC kind of needs that too, in a way, because uh, one fight being canceled, Alex Perez fight against Matt Schnell. So since that fight was canceled, I think that that kind of adds up to me in my mind, like, hey, they need some good fights early on to keep people interested in this pay-per-view and to try to sell this pay-per-view because they already lost a fight. You know, you're trying to sell a $70, $90 pay-per-view almost, you know, and uh, you got to have, you know, a good amount of fights. So losing one does not help. Uh, So Jeremiah Wells is going to win this because it's not much size. You know, you're talking about two inches going both ways. And they ha they don't have it like accurately put on here. They have blood diamonds reach longer than Jeremiah Wells, but uh it's actually Jeremiah Wells with the longer reach um on uh tapology. Now uh so the reach won't matter, just put it that way. That's the best way to put it. And then uh the height won't matter. Jeremiah Wells is gonna be Jeremiah Wells, he's gonna be looking for a big knockout. Uh, he's a big favorite for a reason. Uh, fights out of Renzo Gracie Philly. So we know you don't want to take him to the ground because he can f- finish you with a submission. He's got three of those in his career. Uh, and this fight's at Welterweight. So these guys have a big gas tank. Uh, and he also fights with Extreme Evolution Fight Camp uh, for cardio. And, and that's huge. Um, and you just got Mike Matthews. He's really an up man. And he's you know 33 years of age, two years younger than Jeremiah Wells. And he's he's fighting out of city kickboxing, um, which that's just his style. It's kickboxing, so you know it's it's a little bit different than Jeremiah Wells, who's kind of an all-around mixed martial artist. And we don't really know much about Blood Diamond, so you know, stick with your guns here, go with what we know, and uh, I really like Jeremiah Wells to win this fight. You'd be surprised too. the tapology consensus is usually pretty accurate um, and it's not as easy as fading the public. So in this next fight, here's where we start to really get into the the bread and butter of the card, because these fights are going to be going a a little bit longer. I I believe Uh, Douglas Silva de Andrade versus Sergi Morozov. Uh Douglas Silva DeAndre is 27 and 4 in his career and Sergi Morozov is 17 and 4 and both these guys um are getting a great opportunity here to showcase their skills and that's the best way to put it because in a bantamweight bout where we we typically haven't you know seen the power and knockouts that we've all wanted this year There is a potential for that in other bantamweight fights, but in this fight, I just don't see it. This is a grind-out type of fight. This is a style fight that both these guys come in with a little bit more uh, grappling in mind and uh, definitely looking to wrestle a lot more than uh, playing the stand-up game. Now, Douglas Silva DeAndre, to his credit, has some knockouts on his resume that are, that are impressive, but it's not against top-level competition. He was knocked out against Peter Jan. Uh he was uh uh submitted by Rob Font. Um just kind of weird things in weird ways he's lost, but their losses nonetheless. Then you have to look at Sergey Morozov. And not to be corny, but he is surging and uh he's coming off a a, a great win. Uh, and then before that he, he lost, but then before that he had three wins in a row. So he's looking to get back to that form. Um, and he's been in great shape just like Silva. But the difference is that Sergei Morozov is more active as a wrestler and he's not going to play Silva's game. He's going to assert himself, uh, in this fight, and that's where I'm telling you, it's going to be a long fight. You know, we'll be looking at the over here on the rounds, even. And look, Sergei doesn't have as, as many fights in the UFC, but the fight he did have against Nurmagomedov, he was competitive. Um, and then in the fight that he just won against Taha, he was very good. Um, so he's gotten better uh, under the brand. And Silva has to his credit, but he's a spotty fighter. He's won one, lost one, won one, lost one. One was last one. I feel like he's going to lose this one. And I'm just not a, I'm just not knowing too much about either of these gems, but I will say the gem Douglas Silva's fighting out of his NFT, Castan Hall, and Sergey Mozov is fighting out of Irkin Kush. So I don't really know too much about those gems. What I can't tell you is I do think it'll be a good fight. I do think this is a great matchup for both these guys. Um and I see uh Douglas De Silva also working with Corinthians MMA, just so I'm covering all the bases for you. Uh because if these names stand out to you, that's good. But yes, um there's definitely some work being done for him to get in better shape and him to come out ready. But the thirty two year old Sergi Morozov is Uh, in my mind, a grinded out type of fighter that has a big uh, amateur record, and he's going to make the most of this opportunity. Um, He's had five losses in his whole career. Um, Silva's had uh, four losses at 36 years of age, so both these guys are going to come to compete. But I'm going to be on the side of the the better grappler because Silva's not active um, with his grappling. And I like that surge. Uh, we're going to call him, he's got good defense in the standup. He only takes 2.45 strikes per minute against guys that were, you know, trying to take his head off. So that's pretty good. And I, and I like that. Uh, He also has a good, strong takedown defense, but he is go- almost near four takedowns in a, in a 15 minute fight. So Sergi is who I'm going to be siding with here with the wrestler and the better wrestling. Because lately that's been working out and it's kind of a theme in mixed martial arts. The better person, you know, the better if it becomes between a boxer and a wrestler, you know, the boxer normally can damage the wrestler quicker. But see if the wrestler is able to take the boxer down and take this guy that wants to stand up and kick box down, that's going to cause problems. So I really believe that, uh, Sergi's going to be looking to do that this fight. And he wins by decision. He wins because of ground control. He wins because of he's he's dominating the cage um, in control time. And Silva is going to have some nice flashes of power, but it's not going to be enough. And that's my uh, precise pick for you. Sergi Morozov by decision. And the next fight's a weird one. Uh we get Jacob Malcoon versus AJ Dobson. Um Malcoon fighting out of Sydney, Australia, the minus one ten near even uh underdog or underdog, yes. And then AJ Dobson, the minus one fifteen near even um favorite. So it's it it's mo- it's gonna be moving around a lot. I mean, honestly, I feel like Mal Kuhn is being set up to fail. And don't pay too much attention to that because I'm projecting that. But I just feel like he's being set up to fail. Uh, AJ Dobson, a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, a little bit faster. Fighting out of the Carlson Gracie team in Ohio. He's doing work with the Gracies. And uh, Mal Kuhn is just kind of an unknown. We haven't really seen much from him. Um, It's just a weird fight in middleweight. Um, but I, middleweight's my favorite division, so I don't care. You know, I just want to see a good fight. But yeah, Dobson's just bigger, stronger. Doesn't take much damage. His first fight, he walked out there and destroyed the guy. Um, and he and he's looking to make a name for himself. Uh, he can, you know, he can take you down and submit you. So if he gets in any type of trouble, which I am doubting. But if he does, then he's got that in his back pocket. You're not safe if you land on top of him. Uh, you know, Malcoon's going to be looking to grapple. He averages almost eight takedowns in a 15 minute fight. So he's going to put the pressure on. Um, so in this fight, you know, I just like a submission by Dobson because I feel like Malcoon's just going to play right into his hand and, uh. I don't see a way around that very much, so that's why I'm confident in this that a j Dobson is gonna win by submission in the second round and close this fight out fairly quickly. I think we're gonna be surprised a little bit in the first round when you see this kind of imposing figure in a j Dobson get taken down by Jacob Malcoon. I do think it's gonna happen, but I think ultimately that plays into Dobson's plan, and he knows this from training with Gracie uh team that you know that's when you work your work your hardest for your submissions. Uh, is when you're on on your back and you and you nail those off your back. And I, I think he's going to do that because he's got the reach to do it. And he's not like super, super outmatched in a way where he's not going to be able to compete if he gets taken down uh, because of like uh, ground and pound or uh, even Malcoon submission uh, skills um, aren't aren't as good uh, from what we've seen and what we know. So. I'm going to go with Dobson submission second round. The 6-0 and o middleweight versus the 5-1 and one middleweight. And this is going to be a, a great fight for the UFC because these are two guys that are uh, both fairly young. You know, uh, AJ Dobson is only 30 years old and Jacob Malkoon is 26 years old. So, you know, in a lot of respects, these guys are young and, uh, re- you know, walking into their primes. So I really uh, think we're gonna get a great fight here. And I I don't see a way um for Kuhn to win this fight. I don't see his path to victory. If it if there is a path for him to victory, it's it's a very slim one with you know, he can't make much of it of any errors, you know. And that's kind of the the bottom line on him. But for AJ Dobson, you gotta be careful of not only his ground skills um, but also his stand up which you don't see much of because he's such an imposing force on the ground so I think that that's going to be a problem for Mal Kuhn in this fight as well and ultimately it's going to end up being his demise in this fight um, so AJ Dobson doing work with Strong Style Fight Team and uh, he's he's looking to put you know himself on the map here so get ready for that Next fight's a good one. Back to Bantamweight. Like I said, you know, there would be other Bantamweight fights that meet the criteria for a knockout. And we're going to get one here. I feel like I really feel it. Like we're going to get a a knockout in this fight between Leo Mana Martinez versus Ronnie Lawrence. The Heat. Can't be walking around with nicknames like that unless you, you bring it. So in this fight. Uh, these guys are about the same height, about the same size, you know, a two inch difference both ways. Mana Martinez, the benefactor of those, but strikes landed per minute. Uh, Mana Martinez is going to throw a lot and he opens himself up to a lot of damage with only a 40% defense, um, uh, absorbing 3.97 strikes. You're not going to be able to eat that much, that many strikes a minute and survive this fight with Ronnie Lawrence who's a great wrestler, who's a great athlete, and who's a great fighter. And uh he's got 100% takedown defense. averages 10 takedowns in a 15-minute fight through two fights in the UFC. And uh Mano Martinez is coming off a win against Kennedy, but he lost to Rodriguez. So his, you know, he hasn't been solidified as uh as a as a real threat in uh the UFC. You know, he, when he lost on Dana White's contender series back in 2020 and he got submitted, he did come back strong in the other, you know, amateur, uh, brackets like Fury FC where he beat a couple guys and then he comes, you know, back into the UFC and gets a win. So, and and it was a split decision win against Gui, uh, Guido Canetti, uh, which could have gone either way. Um, uh, but Ronnie Lawrence is a guy that's been doing work, uh, since he's coming to the UFC. Uh, winning on the contender series unanimously against Jose Johnson, but then really putting his mark in the UFC against Vince Cochero by knocking him out in the third round last year uh, around uh, this time. So I, I think you're going to get that again. Here comes Ronnie Lawrence. Who they want him to fight uh, a lot more this year, you know, at least three fights. So I think for his first fight getting in February is good for him. And uh, I just don't see the same power and the same athleticism from Martinez. So I think uh, Ronnie Lawrence, just by a couple things, you know, his power, but his wrestling and then his experience being four years, the elder uh, at 29 years old and, and having this. Uh, a little bit more experience inside the octagon fighting with that American top team, really nailing wrestling uh, in, in mixed martial arts, which is very crucial to be a great mixed martial artist that I've I've just noticed. And and watching uh, all these years, you know, that, uh, the better the wrestler, the better the fighter. So you have uh, Ronnie Lawrence, a better wrestler, you know, coupled with all these other attributes. Uh, but I just think ultimately he's going to land the knockout punch. I think it comes early. I think it comes in the first round. I think it's a first round knockout. I think Martinez is uh, overlooking his opponent. He's a plus 240 underdog. But I believe in a lot of ways he feels like he's a better fighter. And I believe that he's uh, going to overlook Ronnie Lawrence here. And we're going to see a knockout uh, to finish this fight off. This next fight's going to go a little bit longer. And I've had a change of heart on this fight. Um, actually, I've had a change of heart on this fight. Um, let me tell you what's going on. When you look at the stats between Carlos Alberg versus Fabio Chiron, uh, aka Water Buffalo, you would assume that Alberg's the bigger fighter, um, and he is also doing way more on, uh, his feet, 15 strikes per minute in his two fights in UFC, um, but that last fight where he fought Niz-Juke Niz-Jukwu uh, Niz, Niz that right there uh, showed me that you know on the feet yes he's that good but he's he also got finished on the feet you know knocked out in the second round um, and Fabius Rant is kind of in a desperate spot in the UFC like Right now, it's been so hard for him to get a win in the UFC. It's, it's incredibly difficult for me to think they'd keep him on uh, if he doesn't win this fight. If he loses this fight, to be third in a row, that third in the UFC. I mean, and in the first two, he lost in the first round. So I feel like he'd be out, he'd be out the door. His first two fights were against uh, tough opponents in the UFC Alonzo Minefield, William Knight. You know, we talked about uh, him earlier but Water Buffalo is due for a win working with Joe on Mixed Martial Arts um, and, and prior uh, Sit Dong, Boston uh, he is looking to evolve on his game here I don't think this is a fight that goes the way we're all thinking where it's like Allberg dominates on the feed, wins his fight, knocks him out. No, I like that plus 210 underdog, Fabio Sharron Because, yes, Allberg's the taller fighter, but uh, Fabio Sharron has more mass. And he actually stands wider than uh, Allberg. And he's going to look to put pressure on Allberg because he's in a position where he's going to have to be. Where Alberg's going to want to get into a flow, get into a rhythm with his kickboxing. Fabio Chiron's going to apply the pressure, get him on the cage, control the cage. And ultimately, uh, grind this out for a submission victory. That I believe comes in the second round. And I, I think that we see Allberg, and you see that, you know, like I said, he's the bigger fighter. He's this, He fights out of city kickboxing, uh, which is a great gem. But I just don't see it i am not seeing what other people see. You're listening to Odd man out. I made the web I made the freaking website Odd out done ninja. I mean, come on, I don't see things the way other people see them. I see Fabio Sharon is due. The desperate fighter lately has been winning, and this is another scenario where the desperate fighter uh looks to come out on top and I think it's by submission because Fabio Sharon is a very skilled submission artist. He's put guys in a standing guillotine and, and finished them. Um, so remember, don't count them out. I know it's a little bit of a stretch being a plus 210 underdog, but crazier things have happened um, and will happen. And I believe they happen in this fight. This next fight is a bit of an interesting one, too, where you get Marcelo Rojo coming back off that knockout he suffered um, against uh, Charles Jordan. And he's going to take on Kyler Phillips, who is is rising in the UFC. He, he did take a loss by a majority decision against Piva, which was very surprising. But I think he learned a lot from that loss. And uh, it was a decision loss, a majority decision at that. So that could have been, you know, the other way uh, in a lot of in a lot of uh, uh, in a lot of ways that could have been a, a different uh, decision where he won. Yadonk Song he beat, Cameron Else he beat by TKO, and Gabriel Silva he beat by unanimous decision. All in the UFC. And uh, like I said, this guy's rising. They don't call him Matrix for no reason. He's really skilled. Um, But I don't, like his problem is he burns himself out too quickly. That's Kyler Phillips' problem. Like that's that's exactly his issue. He literally just burns himself out too quickly. He's a minus four twenty heavy favorite. He's going up against Marcelo Rojo, who has very good hands, very good stand up, but ultimately just doesn't have the the blow you away power and the and the knockout ability that that you'd expect. But he's only had you know the the one crack at it in the UFC. Sixteen and seven overall. Kyler Phillips nine and two. But um, you get. An interesting fight here, but I think it goes to decision. I think Kyler Phillips wins because I just think he does more. He just got a bigger arsenal. He 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 has more weapons in this fight, and that's going to be the demise really for Marcelo Rojo in this fight. And working with MMA Lab, Kyler Phillips is in tremendous shape, and he's got a, a tremendous skill set to go along with it. And Friday night of intron Gym, Marcelo Rojo really had to overhaul something for me to want to take him in that fight, and I haven't seen that happen. So I'm gonna roll with Kyler Phillips there in a bantamweight fight that I think goes the distance. Be looking at the over on the rounds there uh, because I think Marcelo Rojo is a, a very formidable opponent. Next fight up, we got Roxanne Matafari versus Casey O'Neill, and that's a Flyweight fight, 125 pounds. Uh, Roxanne Matafari, the plus 300 underdog, up against the minus 400 favorite Casey O'Neill, uh, out of Scotland. And this one I'll make easy for you. You know, I do like Syndicate MMA. Uh, but Casey O'Neill fighting with Extreme Couture has really honed her, and her skills. And she's looking for, you know, the title. You know, she's... This Roxanne Matafari fight is just another stepping stone. And uh, she's going to go ahead and win this fight convincingly, decisively uh, through three rounds of punishment. Uh, she'll win this fight. Um, and Casey O'Neill is uh, on a roll right now, winning her last three in the UFC. And, and Roxanne Matafari's dropped her last two. And she's going to be desperate. So that's why I think it goes to the distance. But it's not going to be able to outshine the fact that Casey O'Neill the king that she is better um, in, in every uh, facet of mixed martial arts and that's not a knock on Roxanne Matafari but I just think that she's been up against opponents that have just been better than her and that's how it's played out this far I think it continues to go that way and Casey O'Neill has uh, the the complete roundhouse of skills you're going to need uh, to compete three hard rounds in the UFC next fight is uh a pretty uh legendary fight you got Andre Arvlowski versus Jared Vandera and the mountain man Jared Vandera taking on the pit bull here and you know one thing we've learned about Arvlowski is that he's still got it and he's the minus 155 slight favorite um fighting of Chicago Illinois and Jared Vandera uh the plus 130 underdog who is really being overlooked and he, and you shouldn't overlook him too much. Uh fighting out a team quest, great team. Uh Arvlowski with American top team and and really uh looks like he's added another layer to his game working with those guys and I'll tell you what I I have to go with Andre Arvlaski here uh because I think it's going to be a war. But like I said, Arvlaski still got it. And at 43 years of age, I'm going to be going with Arvlaski to win. He's just been on a roll, beating Carlos Felipe, um, sh- uh, sh- uh, Sherman. Um, lost to Aspinall, but Aspinall, we know he's destined for greatness. Uh, but beat Bozer, beat a- beat Lenz. I mean, he was he's beating guys that you just can't believe. And Romanov uh, beat Vandera in his last outing. Um, Vandera beat Tafa, looked great, but he lost to Sergi Spivak um and the win over hansucker wasn't you know something to really uh talk up you know so it's kind of like let's just keep it moving orlowski's going to win this fight the next fight's going to be a banger too that's going to be uh nazrat heck Parast versus bobby green um heck Parast, 26 years old still you know finding his way in the ufc fighting out a tri-star Gym, bobby green fighting out of Pinnacle mma King Bobby Green, uh, there's two people named King on, uh, with the King uh, middle uh, nickname in this uh, fight here. But Bobby Green's just got the bigger gas tank, and he just does more damage. Um, when you look at these guys on paper, same height, about the same reach. Um, they're both landing over five strikes per minute. Bobby Green still with the edge, 5.51 to Heck Parasis 5.19. And last fight, I just didn't see it from Hack Press. I thought he could have beat Dan Hooker if he would have just been more active, and he wasn't. And I I don't think he's gonna get a chance here. I don't think he's gonna be able to have a chance to let up because Bobby Green's gonna apply pressure. Um, and you know, like something with Pinnacle MMA, their their cardio is great coming out of that gym, and and I think Bobby Green wins a decision here, the 28-12 and one. Uh, lightweight, uh, is looking to still uh, make a title run. And this would be a big help to that against Nazrat Press That's the plus 135 underdog, 13 and four in his career. But um, overall, I just think Bobby Green's going to be able to put more pressure on press in this fight and sway the judges. He's going to land shots. He's going to be uh, pushing him against the cage once he uh, tires out and hold press there and be able to uh even uh work for takedowns. I think that's all on the side of Bobby Green here. I'd be rolling with Bobby Green to win this fight. And you get a great minus one fifty five money line. Um and if you can get it better than that, uh you definitely want to. I know it's moving around a lot uh since the, the fight was, these fight was fights were first announced. So uh definitely take up on it if you can get it. Uh Bobby Green money line is what you want there this next fight features some underdog uh, money here and you could still get this a great price. Alex Hernandez opened at the plus 140 uh, underdog against Renato Moicano uh, at lightweight again. Back to back lightweight fights. Minus 165. Slight favorite Moicano. Uh, Alexander Hernandez. 13 and 4 Moicano. 15, 4 and 1 uh, Moicano stands a little bit taller but it's just, the reach is the same. Uh, Alexander Hernandez fighting on a factory X uh, with the Muay Thai background, but he's also a phenomenal wrestler and uh, Kano with the constrictor team has done great work, but this is Hernandez's fight to lose. If I've ever seen one, he is the uh, bulkier fighter. He's the more aggressive fighter. And at this 156 pounds, they both weigh in. Um, this is going to make for, A great spectacle. And uh, I think this goes for a while. Um, I think it goes into the later part of the fight. And we get to the third round. I think Hernandez wins with a knockout. Slash TKO. uh, In that third round somewhere. Because I think Moicano is going to tire himself out. And I think he's going to keep up with Hernandez pretty well. But I think what's going to happen ultimately is that the pressure. The power of Hernandez is going to prevail when these guys tire out. When the fatigue starts to set in, I feel like Hernandez is the side I want to be on. We could look at stats to justify that. But the main thing we can justify is actually seeing the tape, actually seeing the fights that uh Moicano has struggled. And when Hernandez lost, it was because he was struggling. It was because literally it came down to judges deciding um what that uh fight's outcome would be. So I'm just going to be on the side of Fernandez just for the simple fact that I have just seen him do more in the UFC. I've just seen him do, uh, more work than, uh, Renato Moicano in this fight. I think the uh, KO in the third round is coming. The next fight I do want to spend a few minutes talking about, which is Jared Cannonier versus Derek Bronson in a, uh, great fight. Actually, we get on this main card, um, after a good fight, I believe we'll get in Hernandez Renato Moicano and Bobby Green, Nasrat, Hack Press before that. But uh now to focus on Jared Cannonier versus Derek Bronson in a three round, one hundred and eighty five pound middleweight, my favorite division. Um, as a prelude to the main event. Uh what we have here is Jared Cannonier working with that MMA lab. Um but there's a lot of questions of has he hit his peak? And then Derek Brunson, um, still seems like there's another level for him to go. Um, still seems like his wrestling is unmatched at middleweight division. Um, so Jared Cannonier is very dangerous on the feet, and he can get Derek Brunson in a lot of trouble. Uh, Derek Brunson's a bigger fighter, he's going to capitalize on that a lot in this fight. Um, Jared Kananier absorbs 3.19 strikes per minute. Uh, Derek Brunson doesn't take a lot of damage. And when people do damage him, he's able to get out of trouble. Um, Averaging 3.15 takedowns uh, in a 15 minute fight. Uh, The takedown defense for Derek Brunson is incredible. 94% and uh, a 62% takedown defense for Kananier. Eventually these guys are going to tire out. I mean, that's what, is is eventually coming in this game. It's inevitable, and uh, Derek Bronson is going to do a lot of work in this game, uh, a lot of a lot of work with his wrestling game to go ahead and and win this fight. And uh, it's I don't think enough credit can be given to Derek Bronson for still competing at 38 years old at high level. And don't remember Jared Cannon is 37, so they're not too far apart in age. Uh, but Derrick Brunson with a twenty three and seven record, I believe he gets his twenty-fourth win. I believe it's by decision. And uh Jared Cannonier ultimately gets caught up like a lot of other fighters have in the wrestling. Uh Jared Cannonier, fourteen and uh five, uh middleweight. He's very impressive. But I, I don't think he's a match for Derek Brunson. So then we move on to Derek Lewis versus Tie to um in a heavyweight fight. Derek Lewis uh minus 190 favorite versus uh Taito Bam Bam 14 and 3 the plus 160 underdog. Uh I'm almost surprised that Taito is the underdog, but you know, I do think Lewis is going to win this fight. I just don't think it's going to come easily. I don't think he's going to be quick. I think it's a it's a pretty long fight and uh it goes to decision actually. I think Tuivasa is going to do enough to avoid the big shots, but I don't think he's going to land enough. Derek Lewis has got a bit better reach. I think he's going to use that. I think he knows he has to use that to win this fight. Um, And I, and I do believe that Uh, everybody kind of was burying Derek Lewis after the several game loss, but, you know, several uh, game, you know, is no punk, you know what I mean? And Derek Lewis is no punk, so. Derek Lewis is going to be ready for this fight. He's going to be uh, loading up that right hand, and he's going to land it. But I don't think he knocks out Taito Avasa. I I I'm not of that mindset. I really believe it goes to decision. I believe it's a it's a long fight. Doesn't mean it's a lot of action in this fight. I don't think we get a ton of action. I think this one gets dragged out for a while, and uh, Derek Lewis out of that Silverback Fight Club. And tied to a uh tied to a vasa fight not alliance high performance center, I think it makes a big big uh difference that uh these guys kind of fight their own fight they fight their own style they're not really and they're not you can't really see them being influenced by somebody else's style uh in their gym. It's pretty much them uh and they're 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 benefactors of that in a lot of ways, and I think that's something to be noted and accounted for um how other fighters can get away from their game plan. Um and, and do things that they may not have done before and it may not ultimately work. But with Derek Lewis and Taito Avasa, we know who they are, we know what we're gonna get. And it's gonna be a slobber knocker, but I don't think it's gonna be a huge brawl. I, I think that it it takes a while to get this one going. And we finally made it to the main event. Um and this is Awesome uh, being able to go over all these fights with you. It's been a lot of fun. Make sure to hit that like button. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to share with 10 friends. Um, Do all that good stuff because that's good karma that's going to come back to you. And uh, we're looking to go perfect on this card. Absolutely perfect. I feel confident about every pick. Uh, Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker the second time. And I think we get the same result. I think Adesanya wins by knockout. Slash TKO in the third round. I don't think it's going all five rounds. I think we're going under that. Um, Adesanya stands taller. He's got, you know, almost seven inches of reach on Whitaker. And I don't see what's changed. I don't see what's changed. Uh, Adesanya, remember, he fights out of city kickboxing. I believe that that's kind of like their lone win on this card for that gym. is going to come from Adesanya and uh p m a super martial arts center Robert Whitaker and company uh in his corner, I think they have a long night in front of them i don't I don't think that this gets any easier um Whitaker's not known for taking people down. he averages less than one takedown in a fifteen minute fight in his career, so I don't think that you're going to get this big rustling explosion like we did from Blockowicz. I think Os on a course. For Derek Bronson, uh, very soon, like after this fight, if Bronson uh, manages to win and Adesanya manages to win, I believe that's the championship fight to make. So yeah, I believe that. Uh, here you're looking at Adesanya with a knockout win in the third round. I just think that Adesanya's got only gotten better after that loss to Blockovics. Uh, Juan Blockovics. Uh, I-, I just think Adesanya's gotten better. I'm not going to be picking against him. After that one against Vittori, who is uh, a prime Vittori, you know, let's not forget. And and just the way he's been able to handle his himself in the octagon, I have full confidence in i to win this fight and cap off a great UFC pay-per-view. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, Again, go to oddmanout.ninja slash MMA, and you can see my uh, picks record going back for the last two years you'll be able to see by promotion the category and uh ultimately uh that we are doing very well um let's just talk about two things before I let you go um two very important things might I add when we're looking at my picks um over the over the last amount of uh years here, so overall um four hundred. 37 wins with 319 losses, 14 drawed slash no contest. And uh, that leaves me with a 57.8% correct score on my model. But let's just look at uh, UFC. And you will see that out of 596 predictions, I am 55% correct. That means 328 of those 596 Uh, predictions I've nailed 268 I have lost on haven't been counted as wins so 55% uh, in UFC uh, since I've been tracking and uh, by year last year was a great year my biggest year thus far I was 57.1% at the end of the year over 591 predictions that's 332 wins 249 losses and ten draws slash no contest. Um and this year we are hot. Forty four predictions into this year. Get ready for this. I'm thirty one uh picking winners. Got thirty one wins. Thirteen losses. No draws note or no or uh no contest And that leaves me with seventy point five percent. Folks, I'm seventy point five percent accurate this year. You're not gonna find anybody else that that that's uh nailing that like uh me. I actually came very close to winning the whole tapology contest on tapology.com uh, last week I, I ended up in 15th place just by way of points not predictions but by way of points how you get scored so yeah that was big um and people are taking notice of the odd man out uh, ninja website and make use of it use all that up to your advantage that's what it's there for i put it up there you know no one's given me anything for that you know like that's just from me to you Out of pure love. And I hope you love the show. Ladies and gentlemen, just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night, everyone, and best of luck.